Welcome to the Short Term Show, the show about short-term rentals and long-term wealth, with real property owners hosting real properties who are crushing it in the vacation and short-term rental space. And here's your host, Avery Carl. This episode of The Short-Term Show is brought to you by The Short-Term Shop. If you're interested in buying a short-term rental in one of the top vacation markets in America, just go to theshorttermshop.com and click Get Connected with an Agent. If you purchase a home with the shop, you'll have access to all of our client-only benefits, such as training on how to manage your short-term rental. So we'll teach you everything you need to know from how to set up your Airbnb and Verbo listings to how to use the property management software that you'll need to streamline your business, all the way down to helping you source your local boots on the ground like cleaners, handy people, etc. We've taught thousands of people just like you how to buy and manage their vacation homes from anywhere in the world. So head on over to the shorttermshop.com and click get connected with an agent to get started. I do have to mention that we're brokered by EXP or else I get in trouble. We'll see you guys over there. Hey guys, if you're enjoying the content of our podcast, but you have additional short-term rental questions, we host a weekly live question session that you guys can join for free. It's at 1 p.m. Eastern on Thursdays. And if you head over to strquestions.com, you can sign up. So not only am I the host of this show, but I also own and manage my own properties. And I'd be happy to answer any questions that you have about short-term rental investing. So please join us anytime for a free weekly live Q&A on Zoom. Sign up at strquestions.com. Hey guys, welcome back to the Short Term Show. Today we have Margot Schmorak, the CEO and co-founder of Hostfully. How's it going, Margot? Good. And you're getting a, a, a cameo from my cat too. Nice <laughs> to meet you, Avery. So glad to be here. <laughs> yeah, nice to meet you too. I do have uh, I have a rescue chihuahua in the back, so she might show her face here in a minute or you'd hear her before you'd see her. So no worries. Exactly. Well, I, I'll try to save everyone from cat butt, but if you're listening, then you <laughs> miss that part of it. But anyway. <laughs> awesome. So uh, you're, you're a cat owner. What else, yeah. what else would you like to tell us about? So tell us, let's start at the beginning. Um, okay. Tell us a bit about yourself and what, how you kind of came into the idea of starting Hostfully and why. Yeah, sure. So, um, so my name is Margot. I live in San Francisco. I'm, um, I'm a mom. I have three kids, um, ages 11, eight, and four. I'm married. Um, I have had a long career of building products that, um, kind of connect people together. So, um, uh, before Hostfully, I was at Apple and launched the iPhone developer program there. Um, I was there when the, my job was actually to take the iPhone SDK, which is the software development kit, and help it get into the hands of developers for the first time. And honestly, I had no idea that that would be such a big deal. And obviously, it has been for the world. Um, and then after that, I was at a company called Service Source, um, which managed recurring revenue streams. I worked and at Service Source. <laughs> you, were, you, were, you were at Service Source? Yeah, that was like my first real job out of um, my MBA was I worked at Service Source. As were a you at, in Nashville or Denver mm -hmm. or... 
yeah, that's so crazy. Yes. Oh my gosh. What we need to talk about this after. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I was like, oh my gosh, I've never heard of anybody else working there uh, out, I guess outside you're in the Bay area. So yeah, everybody is, but anyway, go ahead. (laughs) No, no, that's okay. So actually, um, so service source manages recurring revenue streams for large companies like Dell and VMware and Salesforce. And while I was there, I was a senior manager in solution marketing. And then um, I ended up becoming chief of staff for the head of sales, sort of lucky accident um, where I asked somebody to go work for him and then he got promoted like a month later. Um, And then I was head of marketing for the $250 million business unit, which it sounds like you were part of, which is really (laughs) cool. We should connect on that. And I looked around and I was like, you know what? It looks like my career is headed down this path of being like a CMO of an outsourcing company. And there are plenty of jobs in that space. You can make good money. But I wasn't really excited about making more money for big companies so that they could make more money for their analysts, which is really what we were doing. And, um, I, you know, we were adding value, but in a way that was very like distant from people, like in a day-to-day way. And so I took a step back and I looked at, different careers in healthcare and in travel and in education. And um, my co-founder and I met because our kids were at preschool together. And um, he was working on this idea around improving the hospitality experience for his Airbnb host or guests. And he was an Airbnb super host. And when he pitched the idea to me, I was like, this is a terrible idea. Um, I don't understand how we're going to make money. Um, I don't understand how it scales. And he was like, no, 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 just like come to this Airbnb conference thing. And so it was one of the Airbnb host conferences that they had. We went to the one in 2015 and we made a prototype of a product and it just did really well. And people started to get really excited about it. And um, I'm honestly very lucky that I was roped into the industry on the early end of things because the industry has just continued to blossom and grow. And so from there, it was like, as an entrepreneur, I love solving problems and finding ways to add value. And we can add a lot of value, all of us collectively in this industry. And so since then, it's been like, how how can Hostfully um, add more value to the industry? So we started out with a digital guidebook platform, which is still a product of ours today. It works beautifully. It actually is visited by more than 2 million travelers every month. Um, so we have a tremendous amount of volume on that product. And then and that's free for all of your listeners. You should go and sign up today, hostfully.com. It's a free account for a single guidebook. If you want to pay us a little bit, like 10 bucks a month, you can um, customize the logo and, and improve the branding on it. Um, and what, when we started talking to customers after making that product, we asked them, what more do you want from us? And then we ended up um, making uh, the decision to merge with another company called Orby Rental and basically um, bring those two companies together to create the property management platform. So that's what we have today. And that's our flagship product. So we can help um, companies take their listing and put it on all the different bookings platforms, not just Airbnb, but also Verbo, also booking.com. They get their direct bookings website. They can go to other platforms as well. So um, it automates messaging, it handles reporting, it, it facilitates payments, it has a centralized calendar. These are all things that you should be thinking about if you're growing your short-term rental business. This is what I spent all my days talking about. But really, my entry to this came from like wanting to work on something for the a while. I don't know if it's the rest of my life, but it's a long time. Um, that's going <laughs> to really add value and, and make an impact on real people. And, and I love that, you know, I know that like, we're touching millions of people every month with our products and improving their lives and making travel more authentic and meaningful for people. And, and, and that makes me really happy. So that's why I'm doing this. Awesome. Yeah, that is cool. And that one of the things I was going to ask you, you kind of already mentioned is that 
how much are you guys more of the guidebook heavy or more property management software heavy? But you kind of said that it's become, you started with the guidebook, but it's become more property management software heavy. Yeah, that's right. I mean, we, we consider ourselves a property management software business and the guidebook is part of our portfolio of products. Um, the, the real, I think there's actually like a ton of opportunity in both areas, to be honest with you. I think that the industry, the overall travel industry has not caught up when it comes to hospitality, like the, 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 the finer points of hospitality, like as communications. Um, so that's why the property management platform is our main product right now. But we know that one day, like the guest experience will become a lot more important. I mean, people will realize how important it is, I wish I should say. And that, you know, that product will, is, is going to be valuable. I mean, we, st we have a lot of paying customers and stuff. It, it, just, it does contribute to our top line and bottom line, but it's just not where we put our most of our focus right now. Gotcha. And you are right that the hospitality industry, especially the short-term rental and vacation rental space, is pretty far in the past in terms of being technologically advanced. So, you know, we sell a lot of short-term rentals and a lot of the local property management companies in the markets that we work in are still not using technology in any way, shape or form. Like we have to go pick up a key to show a property and then bring the key back to them. And they're writing it down in a book and just really not, and even not just the property management companies, you know, I started buying short-term rentals around 2015 as well. And it was really hard for me without a product like this, because that all of the property management software companies were kind of like in their infancy. And I was having to sit down and message people and go through all my properties and say, okay, who do I need to message today? What do I need to send them? I need to schedule, oh, I need to update my cleaners calendar and, and do all this stuff. So companies like yours really have changed the game for all of us, whether we're self-managers like me or big property management companies. So you guys have really built um, a really cool thing here in the past few years. It really has yeah. touched a lot of people, you're right. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really, I love, that's like the thing that makes me the most happy is when we hear from our customers, like this has transformed my business. And we hear, we've heard hundreds of these stories throughout the years. You know, I started with five properties and now I'm at 60 and, you know, I'm run, I, I, and I'm supporting my family. Right. Like that's like the full circle thing for me, which is like, can it, can we really bring more success and, and prosperity into like small businesses? And, um, honestly, like there's so far to go in our industry as well. So you're saying like, we've come a long way and I agree with you, but there's also like so much more we can do. And just today I was looking at um, the alpha of our mobile app that we're launching and it's going to totally transform the way our customers can manage um, messaging and, and calendaring with guests while they're on the fly. And like, it, it takes a lot of time and energy to make a mobile app, but it's also not like earth shattering work, you know, like it's, but, it, but the impact is of it is. And so like the thing that gets us going and helps us like continue to advocate with investors and advocate with the rest of the market that this solution needs to exist is like the joy and fulfillment that our customers get from the products. And that's like what makes me want to keep, keep, uh, keep fighting <laughs> for this company, honestly. I mean, I've, you know, I've been doing this for six years. I've, I am the person who I'm the CEO, so I'm fundraise. And, um, I have to say that like most investors don't believe in this market, um, categorically, uh, they, they don't really understand how big it is. They don't understand how it's growing. They don't understand travel very well. And it's been a huge battle for me to show them like, 
this is an area of the market that needs to be invested in. There's so much opportunity here. There's so many unmet needs and like we can do this. We have just needed capital. Fortunately, our days of needing a lot of capital are hopefully behind us. Um, <laughs> but uh, we're, we're doing quite well right now, but it's uh, it's been challenging to talk to people outside of the industry. I think people like you and your listeners understand all those needs, but um, from the outside, like Toast, you know, when we first started fundraising, like Toast didn't exist. That's a perfect example, right? Like people would be like, why do you need an improved POS in restaurants? Like, can't you just use this, the paper checks and write it down and tabulate <laughs> register it's like now like that sounds absurd right so like it's the same transformation that we're seeing happen in vacation rentals and we just need to keep fighting the good fight to make sure that we have enough investment and energy into um, innovating in this space totally agree with that and i think the more that short-term rental investing kind of establishes itself as an actual asset class of real estate investing uh i think the more the the tech and the investors will kind of come around uh, because it's only been, you know, as of the last five, six, maybe 10 years that actual real estate investors are like, oh, Airbnb, that's not just renting okay. each other's coupons to each other. This is an actual thing. So mm -hmm. I think it's all going to kind of come around as more people get into it. It's just going to be a process for sure. Yeah, well, um, the in 2020, 74% of people who stayed in a short-term rental were staying at a short-term rental for the first time. Oh, that is a really... So, like this market is exploding and people don't even realize it. And it's demand-driven, right? It's not supply-driven. So it's it's great. I mean, it's it's a great position to be in. Like every year it's folding over so that there's like new travelers that would consider short-term rentals alongside a hotel either as the same or different. And, oh, I was actually shopping this weekend at a boutique in San Francisco and I heard the radio and it was like a Marriott ad bashing vacation rentals. And I was like, yes, <laughs> we have one. Like they actually are paying attention to us now. <laughs> yes, we've picked off the right people. We're doing something right. Exactly. Ironically, Marriott also has an offering in short-term rentals, but that's okay. I know they I know what they were talking about. So yeah, I think they're just buying a bunch of little property management companies, is what they're doing. Well, they have the homes and villas actually, and Hostfully was one of the first companies to go live with that platform. Mm -hmm. But homes and villas is um they might be, I'm not sure if they're buying, that could be true. I don't know. I honestly don't know about that. But but what I do know is that they they do have a platform for like the larger upscale, like luxury um, set. And, and uh, the requirements for that program were really interesting. Like you need to have a bathroom for every bedroom. You need to have like laundry on site. You need to have a 24 hour concierge service. Like there were a bunch of like really high, um, high level, like amenity type features that you re were required to join the platform. So they're experimenting for sure. Yeah. So I have a question on the number of options now for property management software. I don't remember where I heard this, but I heard there's like 120. It might have been from a guest on the show that now I can't remember who it was that said it. But there's roughly 120 short-term rental property management software options out there right now. Mm -hmm. What do you think is the future of that? I mean, that's a ton uh, that have popped up here in the last few years. Do you think eventually it's just going to be like four or five big ones that have kind of cannibalized everybody else? Or what are your thoughts on that? I think there will continue to be a lot of options. And here's why. 
Um, well, okay. So, well, first I'll tell you how I see the market. And then I think there will be a lot of long tail options and I don't think they will go away. I, I don't know if it'll be in the hundreds, but I think the, where the market will head to is that there will be like four to five big ones that have quite a bit of market share. And then there will still be a long tail. And the long tail, uh, I guess we can start there. The long tail will exist because a lot of property management software businesses were built because there's a really smart property manager who can build software. And you know what? Building software is getting easier and easier. It's not getting harder, right? Like it's easier to make an app today than it was five years ago, certainly 10 years ago, right? First from a data infrastructure, database infrastructure, um, supporting like the, 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 the cloud, right? The cloud aspect of it, like designing the front end and building the way that the code works. That part is actually not that hard. So I think that those little companies will still like pop up every once in a while. It's really hard though, to take something you've built for your own company and then scale it out. And that's not what we did hostfully. And, and then, so I'll get to what we did later. Then there's like these companies that have been around for decades. Like they were built in like the early nineties. They have really good sticky relationships with their customers who are using them, it works just fine. You know, switching property management software is very stressful. So like they will still have customers. It's not gonna grow a lot, but like they have big customer bases and they facilitate a lot of bookings and bookings volume has gone up. So like they're probably doing okay. I'd put companies like Streamline and LiveRes into that those categories, maybe Kigo. Those are companies that have been like acquired by others or, you know, just have a lot of business and a lot of really satisfied customers because like, They've already done the configuration and it works. Um, but the the, diff the advantage of those companies over the first ones is that those companies have really good um, integrations where they need to with companies like Verbo and, and Airbnb, right? Like they have to build those integrations. So um, I don't see them going away. And then I would say there's like two other types of companies which come from a more tech angle, which is where we sit at, at Hostfully. There's companies that are solving like a really specific problem. And then there's companies that are trying to do more of a platform approach. Oh, and there's a third one too, which is more like, I want to do it all. Um, so the specific problems, I would put companies like DAC and so connect. These are like new newcomers who've raised some capital recently. They they're coming in and they're like, we're just going to do guest messaging really well. Or we're going to do like dynamic pricing. They're like a newcomer to, to like a very specific problem set. And they're trying to go deep, right? So they're saying like, I'm going to build algorithms that nobody has, or I'm going to like make a better user experience than, than everybody else. But they're really like, they're kind of a niche solution. And then there's the platform solutions. And, um, you know, I was fortunate to meet my co-founder, Steph, who built a platform product on top of social media platforms um, before we merged. And one of the reasons why we were so excited about him is because he built it platform first. Like he was his own property manager. So he had new the user experience, but he came from tech building platform products. So that's how Hostfully is built to its core. And the architecture is just really different from some of those other companies that have built more niche solutions. And so from day one, we wanted to have an open API. From day one, we were, you know, publishing documentation about how to use that API in creative ways so that our, our customers could have flexibility. Um, from day one, it was probably a little complicated and people didn't really know how to use it very well, right? Like there were there were some disadvantages and advantages of that strategy, but in the long run, it scales better. And that's why you see companies like Salesforce and HubSpot, any company that has like an app store, right? Who can have different apps that plug and play into 
um, that centralized platform, we see those companies succeeding in the long run. And that's been really core to Hostly's strategy. And in that um, category, there's not that many property management software companies. Um, Hostfully is one of them. HostAway is another one that um, does also has a platform strategy. I think Guesty is trying to do a platform strategy. Honestly, it's not as robust as the other two. Um, you know, there probably will be a few more. Um, there were a com couple companies that were very good that were taken off the market recently. Your Porter, Avantio, MyVR, those, they all um, have been acquired uh, recently uh, in the last couple of years. Um, they, they, they are who we would have considered our competitors, but now they're, they're gone. So honestly, even though there's tons of companies, like you said, there's a lot of options, like the, the, the crowd has really thinned where we are with our platform strategy and we do see consolidation and we do see a really big future for Hostfully and growing with that platform strategy. Um, and so, you know, I think that for, for your listeners, the question is, how do you balance like the platform strategy against like ease of use or customer care or like solving a very specific problem that you have, right? Like we had a lot of customers who um, are looking at hospitable and which is probably top of mind for a lot of your listeners. Hospitable is amazing at messaging. They, they have built, they, the smart BNB was a messaging automation company. They do an amazing job at that. Um, in fact, some of our customers actually use uh, smart BNB in addition to hostfully because they offer, more robust messaging capabilities. But when you wanna expand your business, when you wanna in integrate with lots of different options and plug and play different software options into your company, Hostfully is a better bet, right? So like it's it's a, tr it's a, it's a tricky question to ask. And I think um, asking the platform question earlier rather than later is probably a better idea because you will um, need to know when you need to switch over and kind of like, it's a little bit of ripping off the Band-Aid too and, and you know, kind of transitioning to a, a platform solution, but um, it is the thing that scales. So that's how we think about it. There's there's a couple companies, I should say, like Future Stay, that's trying to do all of it together. They, like they're like, we want to manage it tip to tail. And it looks like they're kind of wanting to do it all in more of a closed system, but I, I just don't think that strategy is going to work. We'll see. Gotcha. Gotcha. So mm -hmm. yeah, I have noticed, and I don't know if this is by their own strategy or just because the way that their building of their tech has shaken out, but between different platforms, they are, you know, there'll be this one that does this thing really well, but the rest of it kind of sucks. Or like this one doesn't integrate with Verbo and this one does everything you need it to do, but it's really, really hard to learn how to use. So is that like um, something that is by design that these companies are like, well, you know what? I think we want to be really good at this thing. We're going to have all these other things, but this is our thing. And this is why people are going to use us as opposed to like you guys where you're like, all right, our thing is going to be that our platform plays really, really nicely with anything else that you want to plug in. And I'm sure I'm dumbing this down really hard because I do not have an engineering mind. Um, okay. But is that right that you guys, your thing is you're able to integrate basically whatever you want with? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think so. So, yeah, that's that's exactly right. What I think is the question to ask is like, just like what you said, like, what do you do really, really well? And what don't you do really well? And if somebody is unwilling to say what they don't do very well, then they're probably bullshitting you. And so like, you you know, when you talk to a salesperson at any of these companies, including Hostfully, you should be able to hear from them. You know, these are the things that are going to be more difficult. So at Hostfully, the things we do really well are channel. We have amazing channel distribution. So we're a preferred partner with Airbnb, Booking.com, and Verbo. There's not that many other companies in the world. I think there's only five other that actually have that preferred status with those three channels. So like 
we are outstanding in our channel management. We're outstanding in the API integration piece where you can plug and play things in. We're outstanding in customer care. We have a 96% CSAT score. Our employee NPS is 100. We we really care about relationships um, at Hostfully. And, and then, you know, I think the other thing I would add is that Hostfully has some really unique and innovative ways of showing... Um, uh, well, you'll appreciate this from being at Service Source, like a pipeline management tool. So like <laughs> you can visualize your pipeline and it will show you like where different reservations are in the pipeline and what the next steps are. So you can make sure not to miss anything. And we have this, some really cool visualization tools. Um, but where we fall short is like, yeah, it's a it's it's kind of a bear to learn hostfully. You need to figure out how to make it work for you. You have to go in and configure your own templates and um, in the communications area. You need to like you know, spend the time in um, helping us implement it with you, right? Like it's not going to be something you just like turn on and, and the next day it's working. It's, it's going to take several weeks. So that's that's challenging and something we're actually investing a lot in at Hostfully, which is like adoption and customer success. Um, and then I would, what, what else are we not good at? Um, you know, we are, we innovate a lot, but like our software doesn't, always look the most polished. We tend to like really focus on functionality over look and feel. And I, trust me, I would love to be able to do both all the time, but sometimes we just want to get a feature out. So like we launched this really powerful reporting tool and it can do everything that our customers want to be able to do, but you have to learn to use it. And so it's not something that like you can figure out in 10 minutes, you got to like maybe invest a couple hours in like figuring out how to do it. So, um, that's that's a theme at Hostfully, and um, I think that you know your listeners should be able to ask those questions and get those kind of honest answers from any any company in the space. Um, but yes, I I think you're right. It is a uh, it is kind of tricky from a buyer perspective. I I don't envy buyers in this market actually. <laughs> I think it's hard. Yeah. Hey guys, if you're enjoying the content of our podcast, but you have additional short-term rental questions, we host a weekly live question session that you guys can join for free. It's at 1 p.m. Eastern on Thursdays. And if you head over to strquestions.com, you can sign up. So not only am I the host of this show, but I also own and manage my own properties. And I'd be happy to answer any questions that you have about short-term rental investing. So please join us anytime for a free weekly live Q&A on Zoom. Sign up at strquestions.com. Yeah. So let's talk about too, since we're talking about buyers and we're talking about integrations, you guys have a lot of them. So I'm not only talking about the APIs with the different online travel agencies, which I have some more questions for you on in just a second, but yeah. I'm talking about integrations with things like Stripe, MailChimp, uh, Hello Signs. So yeah. for a newbie who's like, okay, you know, I think I want to buy a couple short-term rentals. I'm looking for a platform to help me manage it and kind of bring everything into one place. Why do I need it to integrate with all these things? Well, sometimes you do and sometimes you don't. I actually love those examples you just brought up. So like payment processor, you need a payment processor if you're going to get reservations from Verbo or Booking.com. If you're only on Airbnb today, you're using Airbnb's payment processor. But if you're using Verbo and Booking.com, then you're going to need a payment processor. Um, Stripe is usually the most flexible. You're going to want one that all of your guests can actually use, you know, depending on their credit card, debit card, nationality, location, currency, all that stuff. Uh, so, um, you know, that's one of those things where like at Hostfully, uh, a lot of customers use Stripe. We also offer PayPal. We also offer vacation rent payment. So if you have a little bit of a different configuration, you can look at a, a bunch of options. 
Um, but I also really like the hello sign example that you you gave because um, one of the things that we've seen our customers do is include an additional rental agreement um, where like the guests will sign off on additional terms with that rental. And this can do a lot to protect you. Um, you could even like put stuff about insurance claims or like arbitration in there and basically just protect yourself even more than you already are with the bookings platforms. Um, and so for that, you could use hello sign, but then Hostfully also has a native agreement that you can sign embedded into the platform. So it's actually pretty rare that our customers would use hello sign because um, it's a pretty expensive platform for small property managers. Um, I think it starts at a couple hundred dollars a month. So it's like pretty expensive to use that. But you could use Hostfully's internal tools until your business got to a certain scale, and then you can use HelloSign. So that's a good example of one that kind of only works for that top echelon of property managers that have a lot of properties. Um, the third category that we see being the most important is uh, dynamic pricing. Um, so dynamic pricing is the first thing we recommend after the channel integration and, the, and payment facilitation because um, dynamic pricing tools, you can... You know, we can split hairs and talk about which one manages bulk editing better and which which one manages different you know patterns of seasonality depending on your area. But dynamic pricing um, tools are always a good thing. They're going to help you optimize your revenue. They're going to help you adjust for different fluctuations in pricing. I mean, poor poor this poor industry has had to go through these crazy um, changes through COVID, right? Of having like zero occupancy and then a hundred occupancy overnight and then back down to zero. And there's a new regulation that hits in your area, so like a dynamic pricing company will help you rationalize all that and you won't be running around like a chicken with your head cut off uh, trying to manage your pricing. So we highly recommend using a dynamic pricing tool. And we're integrated with Price Labs and Wheelhouse and Beyond Pricing, which are the top three. The top ones. Totally. Yeah. And I want to go back to something that you said right before the pricing. So you mentioned scaling a short-term rental business. And I know quite a few uh, short-term rental owners like myself that have, you know, under 15, under 10 that use you guys and they're super happy with it. But I also noticed that there are some pretty big property managers that use you guys as well. Like one that I'm familiar with in one of the markets that we work in uh, is a Hostfully client. So mm -hmm. you guys seem to make it pretty easy or as easy as it can be to go from zero to, I mean, this property management company that I'm talking about has several hundred rentals. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I think that's really cool that you don't have to, because there's nothing worse than having to switch software and change everything in anything, not just short-term rentals, but like even a, a CRM when mm -hmm. you get from, from point A to point B and you're trying to get to point D and then all of a sudden your software doesn't do what you need it to do anymore and you have to change everything and migrate over. So that's, really cool. And I have no idea how you guys have been able to do that for both small and large business owners. Yeah, well, that's where the platform strategy really works in our favor, because we um, so our our motto is that simple things should be simple and complex things should be possible. So it's like if you're willing to put in effort to building on top of our API, you can do anything. In fact, we've had customers integrate with Salesforce, for example, that like, so let's say they want to build their own CRM and they want it to work more like a CRM, not, you know, be limited to what we have in our platform. They built a connection between Salesforce and our API and they can bring in reservation data and manage their customer information in Salesforce or HubSpot or whatever it is, right? We've had other customers who've actually taken Hostfully, um, Hostfully's API 
and then built out like proposals for potential owners so that they can expand their portfolio. Um, so they've built in the API to kind of call in pricing data that they're getting from dynamic pricing providers where they like kind of test out different locations and then they can present an analysis to potential owners around the property and then they can get them on board and basically use Hostfully for that property. So uh, we have another customer who has built this really cool type form integration with Hostfully. So his guests get like this long questionnaire when they're about to arrive and he can customize this day and he ends up making, you know, 20 to 30% more revenue on top of the booking because it's additional upsells um, for like whatever they want, grocery delivery, you know, um, transportation services, tours and activities in their area. So there is just really the sky's the limit. And I think um, if like what we, what I'm happy about is that, like you said, Hostfully can work for that down market segment of people who are just getting started and want kind of a simple tool to just kind of run things. But then if you really wanted to trick it out, like it can do anything you want. And that's not something you're going to get even from like the bigger companies like Streamline, their, their technology just isn't as flexible. So um, that's one of the reasons why large customers end up choosing us. We are getting several of these recently. Awesome. Yeah. Great. But Very it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Now I'm going to totally switch gears on you from mm -hmm. property management to guidebooks. So okay. guidebooks is I've seen, and this is not, this is solely my observation in my own business and not any sort of official stat. I've seen in the past year, people get way more into having a digital guidebook. I'm, I'm very far on like on the guidebook train. You need to have a guidebook. Um, I think they're a must have to help yeah. you get the best reviews. So how do you think a guidebook can help a new host get better reviews? Well, the whole travel experience is about adventure and setting expectations. And uh, if you can set an expectation with your potential guest that you that is that inspires them and then you deliver on it, that's when you get the five star reviews. Right. And, and it's funny, I was actually talking to my son about this yesterday, about the rating system for hotels and how there's like, you know, three star hotels, four star hotels and five star hotels. And it depends on the amenities. But then the rating that guests give that hotel is depending on the quality. And so it's a fascinating thing, right? Like in the vacation rental industry, we don't have the standardization. So you don't know if like a rental is like a three-star rental, a four-star rental, or a five-star rental. And the five-star rental, you expect like the bottle of champagne and your a, a note with your name on it and the cleaning service to like check in with you to see if you want a cleaning that day. And then they show up if you do, and if they don't show up, if you don't, and you know, Maybe there's a view and maybe there's all these other cool things. And like, maybe there is a printed beautiful guidebook or a concierge service that you can use. But in a three-star rental, if this existed, you would expect less, right? You'd say, well, I know this is going to cost me 60 bucks a night. I just want a clean bed, clean sheets. Like I want to have a lock. I want to feel safe. And like the bathroom can be kind of basic. I can have thinner towels, but like, I will still give that a good review. So what the guidebook does is it actually like helps you set that expectation with the guest before they get there so that they don't come in with the wrong expectations. And you can even say in your guidebook something like, we aim to deliver a five-star experience to you. In this guidebook, you will find a lot of information about this, how this rental works. If there's something that you're concerned about, you have questions about, or when you get there that doesn't match what we have said in this guidebook, please let us know because we want to do 
we want to get that five-star review. So it's basically an opportunity. The, gu the guidebook is an opportunity to set the guest expectations, get them excited, but also not to set the expectations too high, right? Because you don't want them to be too high. If, if the expectation is too high and you fail them, that's when you get bad reviews. Um, totally agree. So, that was yeah, genius so right there. Mic drop in the podcast. That's it. <laughs> and, and it's so you know it's funny how we like forget this and then if you go to plan your next trip or any of your listeners do like that's exactly what you're doing you're like just show me something about what i'm gonna get don't over promise it to me and when i get there i want it to look just like i saw it in the photo that's what people want setting expectations is absolutely key for getting good reviews in a nutshell yes. Yes, totally. and delivering, and then you have to deliver on them. Well, right. <laughs> you have to deliver the expectations. Yeah. Take the reservation. You just don't know how to hold the reservation. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay. So that kind of brings me into another question, uh, talking about setting expectations and getting reviews. So let's talk about online travel agencies for a second. So why is the travel accommodation industry, in your opinion, different from the airplane industry. So if I want to go book a flight, I can go direct to the airlines or there are literal like a hundred different companies I can go through to book my travel. Why are there only really two, we could say three to five, but really two main online travel agencies to book short-term rentals? And why honestly does everybody focus on one of them? Every, everybody's like obsessed with Airbnb. Um, which is fine. It's great. does what it needs to do, whatever. But why in this industry, on this side of the travel industry, have there only really been two major players to emerge and there's not all of these other ones like you would see with booking a flight? Mm -hmm. Well, there used to be a couple more actually in the, in the, in the vacation rental industry. And I think there might be more than people realize in the United States, it's highly consolidated, but in other parts of the world, there are booking platforms like Despegar, which is like huge in South America, or in, in Europe, booking.com is by far the biggest. Um, but really the, the short answer is that there's a lot more variability in the inventory and no one trusts anything. You know, I mean, I'm in the industry and I go to booking.com and I'm like, I don't even trust the photos. Like, I don't know. Like it just doesn't, you don't trust. And that's why Airbnb has done really well. Airbnb has created a brand and they try to deliver on that brand every time. It's hard. And I don't think they do deliver on it every time. And that's part of the problem. But um, but they have created more of a point of view and a, and a, a brand around Airbnb, which has been important. Um, the reason why Airbnb is so remarkable, though, is because there's really only two um, companies. There's, there's, there's Expedia and then there's Priceline. Right. And, um, and so Verbo and booking.com that's those, those are owned by those two companies. And, and, and those companies have dominated the way that data works in this industry. They've controlled it for a long, long time. And, and actually they're both really well-run companies. So like, um, uh, Expedia is constantly innovating. Booking.com is constantly innovating. I, I, I spoke with a couple people who were on the kind of innovation team at booking.com and they operate like a startup, like they hustle and they keep up with the market and they do a really good job of like pushing innovation into those platforms. So they, they're not just two old companies that are sitting around not innovating. I mean, they're slower than little startups, but they are very, very interesting companies doing really interesting stuff. Airbnb is remarkable because they actually were able to penetrate through that. So I think the question is like, how did they do that? It's really about expectation setting again. It's Airbnb has created this inspirational brand that is different than was existed before. And they were able to ride on this, you know, rent out a room in your house 
um, thing and get a lot of new supply that had never existed before. So they were able to find that and, and make money off of it quickly enough. Um, and the question about not having more options for booking has to do with the inventory variability. There's so much different inventory, right? Like an apartment on my block is really different than an apartment three blocks down. And there's just one apartment in each location. So if you're booking a hotel or a flight, those are more commodities. They're standardized, right? Like you have a room with a king bed and a bathroom. I mean, you and I can visualize what that looks like in a Holiday Inn Express or in a, you know, a Four Seasons Hotel. Like we just, we just know exactly what that looks like. With an apartment or an Airbnb, it could be, who knows, the bathroom could be like outside sometimes, you you know, like, and it might be a surprise to you. So it's just, it's a challenge around the variability of inventory and um, the, uh, yeah. And also, you know, in flights, I don't know if people know too, but Amadeus and Sabre are the two companies that manage all the data behind the flight um, reservation systems. So there actually is tons of consolidation there. Um, and oh, okay. all the other companies are just built around that. They're just taking the additional margin. Yeah. Oh, very interesting. Okay. So it's the variability of inventory on the guest side that they don't always know what they're getting because it's not a standardized, okay, this is a Hilton, this is a Marriott. You're getting the same thing basically wherever you're going to go because, yeah. you know, they don't necessarily know who owns this, how clean they're keeping it, all that. There's there's not like a necessarily industry standard. Yes. There's, it's, there's lack of standards and, but it's also variability on the property management side. So like even in your properties, you have huge variability, I'm sure between them, right? Like if you were a hotel operator and you had 15 rooms, those rooms would be all the same and you would be able to like do things with them that you would be doing differently than if you had 15 different properties that have different characters to them. Right. So it's just different. Okay. That's why there's going to be a lot of property. Management. Okay. That's been a question that I've been thinking about for literal months and you just like put it into three sentences in 20 seconds. So <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's, it's that's why there will all for a long time, there's going to be a lot of software options in this market, because there's a lot of different inventory, there's going to be a lot of different property managers in this market, because there's a lot of different inventory, there's going to be challenges around guests, setting guest expectations and creating more trust. I actually think we're probably ending a honeymoon with short term rentals. And I think the market will continue to grow. But I think it's going to be rougher out there. Like, I think it's going to be like, the new people who are coming to stay in short-term rentals in the next 10 years are going to be a lot more crabby and skeptical and demanding. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. And I think it's going to be more challenging for property managers, unfortunately. What makes you say that? I just think it's going to be like even more important to set up the expectations mm -hmm. and to streamline your processes and to do things consistently and to like really understand, you know, your financials. Um, like, I think we're, I think there will still be a lot of new entrants and people will do it and, and there will be a lot of newcomers, but it will, won't be like, like there was like a very easy period in short-term rentals when Airbnb was super hot. And it was like, if you just like tomorrow were like, here's a beautiful room in my house, like you could rent it right now. Yeah. That doesn't happen anymore. You actually have to professionalize your, your property. And that's good. I think that's a good thing. You know, weeding yeah. out the people who were making a quick buck in and just just the people who are really in this for a business and want to create that that experience for guests. And, you know, they're not just like, you know, I bought a Porta John. Let me rent it on Airbnb kind of thing. So exactly. I, I think that's a good thing. I think it's a good thing. I think it is, too. And I think if anyone's listening to this podcast, they're already in the set of people who want to do the professionalization. So, like, you know, it's not the, like the riffraff is not listening to podcasts. They're just like trying to make a quick buck, like you're saying. Exactly. So, yeah. 
Yeah. Awesome. Well, we are coming to the end of the show. And Margot, I feel like I have grown a lot of brain cells listening to you and talking to you today. You are amazing. And um, it has been a joy to interview you. Oh, thank um, you. I, <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> I, I spend all day thinking about these things. So this is if anyone ever wants to chat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to call you after this. I'm going to call you next week. Uh, so we do ask each of our guests uh, three questions at the end of the show. I'm going to tailor them away from real estate investing and more to your industry in general. But uh, the first one is, what advice would you give 20-year-old Margot? 20-year-old Margot. Oh my gosh. I was so clueless at 20. Um, yes. I would say trust your instinct. Don't get it overwhelmed. Just keep moving forward. Great advice. And the second question, based on your experience and observations in this industry over the course of the past few years and building this business, what advice would you give a new investor who's interested in buying their first short-term rental today? Talk to other property managers in your area and learn about their experiences. Hear what software they're using. Hear um, what things they wish they would have known. Um, that's the best question. Like it, kind of like the question you just asked, which was like, if when you were starting your business, what do you wish? What what's something that you wish you would have known that might have made you do something differently? Or, or, or what would you have done differently? What would you have done differently sort of pointing out their mistakes? So it's a little bit nicer to say, what, what do you wish you would have known? Uh, that's one thing. I think the other thing is that there's so many cool communities popping up around um, short-term rentals, whether it's listening to podcasts like this one or going to events. There are hundreds of events about short-term rentals that are happening every year. Um, another thing I would consider is like join the VRMA. You know, there's like different industry associations. There's like communities. There's a, there's so many cool communities on, on Facebook um, as well uh, on LinkedIn that you can just learn about, like just reading other people's experiences are going to be so helpful for you. Totally agree with that. And last question, what is your favorite book that has impacted your mindset? Oh, um, here's, here's a, a weird one for you. Um, I really love this book called The Hidden Life of Trees. I think it's called that. I also love this book called, I think it's called The Five Personalities by Gretchen Rubin, but I, I like The Hidden Life of Trees. I really love reading books about things that are totally not in business and then just noticing how there's analogies and like ways that the world works that are very similar, you know, like, did you know that trees communicate things like diseases and bug infestations to each other through their root systems? Or did you know that like trees know how to like adjust, like where they're growing branches to optimize for different weather patterns? Like the, I love reading fiction and also just books about science and things that are totally unrelated to business and thinking about um, how they might bring us new ways of thinking about the world. I'm big into storytelling. So, oh, yeah. Awesome. We have not had that as a recommendation before, but I'm going to check that out. Yes. It's kind of a weird one. So, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, Margot, thank you so much for coming on. If our listeners want to learn more about Hostfully or you specifically, where can they find more information? Um, hostfully.com. Um, also, if anybody wants to chat or hear more about 
uh, our products or connect with somebody on our team, you can always just uh, find me on Twitter at Schmorak. Um, you can email me, margo at hostfully.com. That's H-O-S-T-F-U-L-L-Y. Um, I'm happy to chat and just here to help people figure it out. I'm also happy to talk to other entrepreneurs. I'm a big passionate advocate for female entrepreneurs, especially. Um, so happy to help anybody. Awesome. Well, Margo, again, thank you so, so much for coming on. It will catch you later. Yeah, thank you.